you can learn to feel more professional in presentations and interviews and to be great on TV. Did you know that? Do you want to know how to come across your best? Well, if so, I've made a scoop for you today. You'll be getting media training tips tailored specifically to you as an athlete from one of the best media training experts in the world, the founder of Media Training Worldwide, TJ Walker. He will share some simple things that you can do to improve your interview skills that he uses when he works with public figures such as high-profile athletes, politicians, prime ministers and presidents even, Miss Universes, <laughs> to help them communicate more effectively. And he'll also tell us some tricks that will help you avoid making mistakes that can get you misunderstood or distracted or prevent you from getting your real message across and your real you. And then he'll tell us the one commonly taught way to teach speaking skills that you do absolutely not want to use. Welcome to the Athlete Story Podcast. Your chance to tap into wisdom from athletes and experts in world-class sports. You are about to be taken into a chat about sports careers and related issues between an awesome guest and your listening host. The sports insider, repurposed Olympic mogul skier, and former freeride world tour athlete, Anya Balbia. This is priceless insight about performance, personal challenges, strategy, finances, and of course, the tricky transition into life after sports. I am super pumped and proud of this interview because, to be honest, uh, interviewing one of the best media training experts in the world is a little bit intimidating and maybe a little bit audacious on my part as well. But I really wanted you to get access to this information. So even just studying the way that TJ answers my questions to get his own message across is <laughs> such a great lesson in itself. So here's what I do. I listen to the interview and his tips, and then I re-listen to see how he actually practices what he preaches. It's just an excellent example of how it's done. And TJ also made a fantastic offer for the first 100 of you that you can get free access to his complete online media training course that normally sells for $200. So I'd hurry up and take advantage of that one. If you want to get more media training specifically tailored for athletes and with a more personal touch and more personal training and feedback, do reach out and I'll let you know when we do our next media training program for athletes, coaches and entourage. But for now, enjoy the interview. I'll be posting notes from this interview on athletestory.com forward slash media training where you can go and download the notes so you don't have to worry about that. Okay, enjoy the interview. Welcome to TJ Walker. Hi TJ, thank you so much for being willing to accept my invitation to be on Athlete Story. I'm so honored to have you here. Good to be with you. Thank you. I was wondering if we could play a little game here. I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself because that's a thing that's hard for people. <laughs> Maybe you can give an example of how to do it and how not to do it. I teach professional athletes and Olympic athletes how to communicate more effectively, especially to the media and also team owners and others involved with professional and high-level sports because they all come to me and they want the same thing. They want to look comfortable, confident, relaxed. They want to speak so that their message is understood, that they have a clear message, that they can answer questions, and so they can get the exact quotes they want, regardless of whether the reporter likes them or doesn't like them, is nice and sympathetic or mean or stupid. If any of you want to learn how to be a better communicator, I have a course, it's normally 200 bucks. I'm gonna give the first 100 of your viewers and listeners access to this course, the complete media training course. It's an online course at absolutely no charge. Nice. 
Okay, so let's back up. What did I do there with my introduction? I tried to tailor it specifically to your audience. Your audience is athletes, I'm assuming. Reality is I work with presidents of countries and prime ministers and Nobel Peace Prize winners and bureaucrats and mutual fund managers. And I work in every single industry. But if I just come out and say, well, I'm this big shot and I work with everyone, it's not interesting to people. So I try to tailor my introduction to the needs of the audience. I'm not making up anything. I'm just looking at a narrow slice of my background, figuring out what's most relevant and what's most interesting to that audience. And then whether I'm on TV, a podcast, an interview, or just standing up, introducing myself at a meet and greet or a chamber of commerce event, I try to leave people with just one thing that will make them think, oh, I want to hear more from that guy. I want to launch into a sales pitch because nobody trusts me or knows me yet. But access to a free online media training course, what's the risk there? So I'm trying to whet people's appetite to listen a little more. And even if they don't, to then check out your website or the Notesphere podcast and click on it to get the access to that course. That's my agenda. Right. Okay. So if I get this right, the idea is to uh, show why I, if it's me, why I am relevant to you, the listener. Yes. Why should that listener or viewer or audience member care at all about you? Why should they want to even pay attention? Because attention is the real resource people value these days because they could have a podcast on and yet they still want to check email and text and things like that. They're only half listening or a quarter listening. So I want to grab their attention. I don't want to waste time saying, well, I founded Media Training Worldwide in you know, 1985. And I, I don't want to give them boring facts and talk about me, 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 me. I want to talk about me only in the context of how it can help them and someone like them that they can relate to. That's what I try to do in introductions, and that's what I believe is, is the best way you can introduce yourself in any situation. Very good. So say you're an athlete and you're being asked to do a public speaking gig or a presentation at your club or whatever, and you have to tell a bit of your story. That's what they expect from you. So you would try to make that story relevant to them and not think too much inside of yourself? Is that what you're saying? Well, the beauty of sports is human beings around the world love sports. It's much easier to be interesting as a speaker talking about great athletic moments than it is about public policy or environmental policy or running for political office. So in that sense, it's easier. And if you recount certain trials and tribulations you've had and setbacks and defeats and near defeats and what happened, especially with your team members, that's going to be interesting to your audience. The key is trying to figure out what is a message they can relate to. If you are Michael Phelps and you have this super odd body where your torso is three times longer than your legs and your legs are, your, your feet bend, 
becoming great in part is genetic, but in part it's the hard work, and in his case, overcoming psychological problems, which he's talked about freely and openly with others. People can relate to that. They can't relate to having a body that's just built for a particular sport. So don't, don't spend as much time on that, even though that may be a huge factor in your success. Okay, so the, on the other side, there's this, what could possibly be so interesting about me? Because uh, I know a lot of us will have that attitude. So how can you still feel like you have something to come with and you're not boasting, but you still want to be interesting? <laughs> I mean, for a long, long time, every little boy in the world, and increasingly a lot of little girls, dream of growing up to be either a professional athlete or an Olympic athlete. So if you do have high level athletic skill, and for the record, I should point out, I have no athletic skill whatsoever. <laughs> But if you have high athletic skill and some level of achievement, people are inherently interested in that. Now, the problem a lot of athletes have is just by showing up, a lot of people get excited. So they can get lazy. Mm -hmm. So after a game and they're interviewed, they'll just say things like, oh, well, we played real hard today and uh, a bunch of cliches and it's boring. And when you look at professional athletes who make the most money in their career, the vast majority of them make more money by speaking as a network commentator as an interviewer, as a host, as a celebrity spokesperson than they do actual winnings. Mm -hmm. Certainly that's the revenue model for all Olympic athletes is you want to be the person who gets the, the chase, the multi-level or multinational bank to give you that $10 million sponsorship deal where you're in the commercials and you're not just swimming or doing, but you're actually speaking. Tiger Woods, has actually made a lot more money as a spokesperson for companies like Buick than he ever has from the prize winnings of tournaments. So I hope you're listening here, guys, because this is, this is really valuable. It's not always about how many followers you have or about the prize money in your sport. It's also about being something more than your sport. If you can talk about not just your particular sport, but how you overcame adversity, how you performed when the chips were down, how you took a, members of a team who individually didn't have any more talent than any other team, and you brought them together in a way where you triumphed over adversaries. Those are messages, frankly, that corporations love, trade associations. There are a gazillion ways to make money from that as a speaker, as a keynote speaker, as a workshop leader. And those are also the, the traits a lot of TV networks look for mm -hmm. when they are looking to hire analysts, whether it is just for a special event, a tournament, or the Olympics, or regular hosting positions for sports programming. So it's, it's, never, too, it's never too early to learn how to communicate more effectively on camera and to be interesting. How many times have we seen athletes who are great athletes, but after the interview, every other word is, and, um, you know, and uh, we played good today, you know, and uh, everyone put in 110%, you know, 
It's painful to listen. Now, they become great athletes because most athletes spend 8, 10, 12 hours a day for years, sometimes decades, learning their craft. The good news is you don't have to spend 8 or 10 hours a day for decades or years or months or even weeks to be great when it comes to speaking to the media and giving presentations. But the very same tools can be used. These days, most high-level athletes have themselves video recorded so they can watch what works, what didn't work. Where did you make a mistake? Where did you have that peak performance? Exactly the same thing can be done for speeches, presentations, media interviews, hosting opportunities. That's what I've done my whole career in coaching athletes and other executives on how to communicate more effectively, whether they're giving speeches or meeting interviews, is I videotape them, typically a dozen times in one day. We play it back, we figure out what works, what doesn't work. That's what so many coaches do, whether you're playing basketball or hockey or skiing, is a coach will analyze the videotape, and oftentimes it's not pointing out the mistake as much as, here's what you did really well, Let's do more of that. That's what I do when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients all over the world and in group settings, whether I'm working with you know, the U.S. Olympic ice skating team executives or professional sports executives. That's what I do. I practice with them on video again and again. Right. Excellent. That's a big thing as well. You can practice this. You don't have to be born with long arms and limbs or <laughs> blonde hair or whatever. You can practice and with practice comes skills, as we know as athletes, right? Well, it depends on how you practice because I can practice 12 hours a day playing golf, but if I'm holding the wrong end of the club, I'm never going to shoot par. I'm never even going to break 100. Right. So it's not just practice, it is how you practice. And a lot of people practice their speeches, their presentations the wrong way. For example, looking in a mirror is a horrible waste of time. When you look in a mirror, you can't actually focus on speaking. You're focused on things like, uh-oh, I'm losing my hair. Is there a dent in my nose? And my, my eyes are kind of beady. Don't practice in a mirror. When you practice practice and have it recorded. You can use your cell phone these days, an iPad, a webcam, and just focus on speaking. Then watch it and focus on what you're doing well so you can do more of it. Don't obsess over any one little mistake. Okay, so if we were to practice this right, maybe you would want to share with us like just your top three tips. What are the most important things to know? I know you talk about talking in bite-sized sentences or something like that? <laughs> Sound bites. If you're being interviewed after a game, and the interview may go on for 10, 20, 30 minutes, but you may only get 10 seconds on ESPN or some other major sports network or local sports network. So if you talk for 20 minutes and you get 10 seconds on, it means that 19 minutes and 50 seconds of what you said was cut out and thrown on the floor. Only 10 seconds gets on. What makes that 10 seconds get on and the other stuff not used? That, that's because it's a sound bite. It's a bite out of your sound. Now, in my online course, which again, I'm going to offer to your first 100 viewers at absolutely no charge, I outline for you the 10 sound bite patterns 
All quotes, whether it's from sports, whether it's TV, radio, or print, come from 10 speech patterns. It's either an absolute, an emotion, a cliche, an attack. There's 10 of them, and I walk you through those. So that's why if you say nothing but positive things about your coach and your teammates for 20 minutes, and then the last 10 seconds walking out the door, you say, yeah, coach made a stupid decision putting in Smith for Johnson. Boom. That's the only quote that's going to be used. Why? Because it's an attack. You said your coach made a stupid mistake. You call something and someone stupid. You say someone made a mistake. That's an attack. It doesn't matter if the reporter loves you or hates you. They're going to use that. So if you don't want to be quoted calling your coach stupid for making a stupid mistake, don't say it. <laughs> Excellent. Many times, especially after success in sports, you're going to be asked to give speeches. Sometimes earlier in your career, maybe free speeches at local civic groups, colleges. Over time, you'll increasingly have opportunities to give paid speeches at corporations, trade associations, other events. Several quick tips. Number one, narrow your messages down to a handful or fewer. Don't try to tell people everything you've learned in your whole career of sports. Narrow it down to just a handful. The next tip, have an interesting story for each point. The next tip, practice on video until you like it. If you see a video of yourself speaking, you think, wow, that's really boring. That doesn't make sense. Guess what? It is boring. <laughs> Don't use it. Don't give that speech until you have prepared. By the way, this is the number one way to get rid of nerves and being uncomfortable and nervous before a speech. We're nervous because we think we might bomb. We might be horrible. We might be boring. Well, guess what? You might be boring. The way to solve that nervousness is to actually practice on video until you like it. Because you've seen a million boring speakers in your life. Everyone watching this has seen boring speakers. So you already know it doesn't work. That's why you need to practice it until you like it. When people come to me for private training, they think I'm gonna be telling them, here's 72 things you did wrong and you get a C or a D for today or a B. And I always tell them, I said, the harshest judge today, the ultimate grader of today is not me, it's you. You're not ready to give a speech until you have personally seen a video of yourself and you love it. Excellent, excellent tip. So if we go back to the situation where you're being interviewed right after your sports action or some kind of event, you always, always have that question of, so how do you feel about that? Or how satisfied are you with your performance? And it's, it's, a, it's an annoying question as an athlete, <laughs> whether you did well or not, because it's so hard to give a good answer that's not just, I feel great or I'm disappointed. Do you have any tips on how you can... Uh... Sure. The biggest tip is the second you tell yourself you're annoyed or that's a stupid question or a boring question, you've already screwed up. Nobody cares about your opinion of the questions. You need to look at it simply as an opportunity to say what you want. Now, I don't mean dodge the question, but I do mean 
Answer it on your terms. If you hear a question that you think is stupid, then rewrite the question to make it an interesting question. That's the real skill at this. You're not being judged on the questions that's being asked. You're being judged on how do you come across? What are your ideas? You don't ever want an interview to somehow depend on the type of questions the reporter's going to ask. You don't go into a game or an athletic event saying, I'm only going to perform well if my competitors do things a certain way, are you? You've got a strategy, regardless if it's an individual sport or a team sport, of how you come across your best, how you execute what you want to do. I take the exact same strategy when it comes to dealing with the media. So, for example, sometimes when I go to a foreign country and I work with a political leader, a president or a prime minister, political reporters will come to me and say, TJ, don't you feel guilty and ashamed about teaching people how to tell lies and obfuscate and bend the truth? That sounds like a tough question, right? How do I answer that question? Well, I can't answer the question until I've rewritten it in my own brain because I'm not going to dodge the question because that makes reporters hate you. But the reporter's asking me, about teaching people to lie. I don't teach people to lie, but I don't want to say I don't teach people to lie because that makes me look defensive. It also sounds like what a professional lying teacher would say. (laughs) I don't want to tell people that I don't feel guilty because that sounds defensive and that kind of makes it sound like what you see in an interview about a hitman or a mobster or someone who should feel guilty. So how do I answer this question? I can't answer the question until I've isolated some part of it that's neutral. I don't agree with the final premise of teaching people to lie. I don't agree with the middle premise of feeling guilty about teaching people to lie. What is the reporter really asking me? TJ, how do you feel about being in your profession? Well, now it's the easiest question in the world. I feel great to be in a profession where I can teach other leaders how to communicate effectively to the world. The reporter cannot quote any part of what I said out of context in a way to make me look negative, stupid, or defensive. The reporter cannot claim I failed to answer the question. So I've completely protected myself and I've done absolutely no damage whatsoever. And if I do get quoted on that, I don't mind at all. So that's an example of a mindset change. Too many people have this attitude, oh, these reporters, they're always bothering me after the big game or the event, and you know, they're stupid. Not the point. The point is, these people are giving you thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds of thousands, of millions of dollars worth of exposure to build your own personal brand, whether you want to be a network anchor one day, commentator, analyst, talk show host, or be a spokesman for a major national bank, international bank, or for a car dealership. It's building your, or run for politics. Uh, Here in the United States, many famous athletes use their fame when they run for a high level office because it's automatically worth several millions of dollars Mm -hmm. of branding ID. Many athletes toss this away and they just assume, oh, reporters will always want to talk to you. When that day happens and your athletic career is over, unless you've built a great reputation for yourself, most athletes are never interviewed again. 
Most athletes are not asked to speak. They're not asked to give their opinions anywhere. And it can be quite sad, especially given their intimate knowledge of their sport, their insights, and no one knows that they know how to share it. So is, would that be the most common mistake? Or can you give an example of what's a typical mistake you see? The, the biggest thing is athletes simply don't realize how valuable this platform is. And I'm sorry if this offends any athletes, but you are a part of the entertainment industry. Uh, it's not just about the sheer excellence of your craft. It's about doing it where TV can be involved and TV commercials can be sold. And it, you're in the advertisement business. I hate to tell you, if you're at a high level and you're, you're making real money. So you might as well understand, it, you are in the media business. So you might as well understand how it works. Take it seriously. Famously, in the United States, there are a couple of, of players who simply refused to do the post-game interviews. These it didn't used to be this case, but now most professional sports have it written into everyone's contract. You have to make yourself available to the news media for a set amount of time immediately after the sporting event. Because, again, they realize the TV reporters, the radio reporters, they're all essentially partners in this entertainment industry. Otherwise, you can go play in your backyard for free if it's just about the joy of the game. So you're in the media business. Why not be good at it? So the mistake people have is to get annoyed with reporters. Again, if you hear a question you don't like, rewrite it to make it an easy question. This reporter is honoring you, essentially. They're saying, hey, you're so interesting. My audience wants to hear your ideas on stuff. In any other circumstance, that's considered flattering. So why not use it? Think of interesting things to say. Make time for reporters because, again, in the long run, you can make a lot more money as someone who can communicate effectively. Even if you don't ever want to be a talk show host or a sports commentator, what does every coach have to do these days? They all have coaching shows. If it's a, it's a major team sport, like baseball, football, basketball, soccer around the world, most coaches have a part of their compensation package that they host a weekly show during their season. So they have to get used to being on camera, interviewing people. At the college level, at least here in the United States, where coaches are paid four, five, six million dollars a year, So much of their income is derived from the fact that they have to host TV shows and radio shows. So it's not enough to simply be a good coach. You have to talk about your sport and your game and how you did in many different ways, many different forms. Okay, so I'm going to sum up all of your tips into maybe one big lesson which could be try to go out now and record a presentation of yourself, like for a, a two, three minute video that you can post on your website or on your social media. And you practice this and you watch yourself, you do it again and you watch yourself. And when you're satisfied, you actually have that piece of content for your website and you have done your homework. How's that? Great summary. Another big tip I'd have for any athlete is the second your athletic event is over, Just pull out your cell phone, do a Facebook Live or a YouTube video, giving your thoughts, your reflections on what happened today. 
Do that, build your own following. Do that and you'll build a reputation with reporters, writers, sports journalists, so they know they can come to you, even if they didn't get to interview you after the event, they'll know they can pull that from your website. Very few people do that. Now, certain colleges, certain professional sports may have a limitation on that, but for others who don't, or individual sports, you can start building your own media brand because, let's face it, the career span of most professional athletes is short. The National Football League, the NFL, is you know, famously derided as NFL stands for not for long. The average professional career is only three years. But you can have a career speaking for the next 80 years. As long as you're alive, you can speak, you can talk about your sport, you can perhaps coach your sport. And your expertise can benefit other people. So that's why it's never too soon to learn how to be a better communicator. Thank you so much for this. Now, if people say, okay, I want to take this all the way. I would love to go work with TJ. What are the possibilities for working with you? Well, the best way is always to hire me for at least a full day or two full days. I come to you or you come to me in New York and I practice with you on video again and again and again and then have a coaching program that sometimes lasts an entire year. If anyone's interested in that, they can simply go to my website at mediatrainingworldwide.com and reach me there. I'm also on Twitter at TJ Walker. And they can find me on Facebook and YouTube as well. But that's always the best way, the next best way, the easiest way, the least risky way is to click on the link that you provide. And for the first 100 of your viewers and listeners, they're going to get free access to my complete media training course. It's more than 25 hours long. It's far and away the longest, most comprehensive, most thorough online media training course in the entire world. And your viewers, listeners are gonna get it for absolutely no charge. That is so generous of you. I urge you guys to take advantage of that because that's an amazing offer. Thanks again. Thank you so much. I want to respect your time, TJ. I'm so happy you wanted to be part of the show and help all athletes uh, become better on media. Thank you, Anya. So thanks again to today's guest. If you have any fellow athletes or people who you think could benefit from listening to this, of course, I'd be very grateful if you'd share this podcast with them. Thank you. And I gotta say, I'm already looking forward to presenting you to yet another fabulous guest in the next episode of Athlete Story. So in the meantime, you take care, okay? Bye. Thank you for listening to Athlete Story. You are awesome. If you are yourself a world-class athlete or former, don't hesitate to come over on athletestory.com and check out more free stuff and resources to help you thrive in and benefit from your sports career. Dare to prepare. Then get yourself out there. Stay in touch.